Presented by Sense, Aero Fastener, Quick Creek, and Home Advisor. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. What are you working on on this beautiful fall weekend? If it's your house, you are in the right place because we are here to help you get those jobs done. Whether you're doing it yourself, hiring a pro, whether it's repair, remodel, home renovation, or maybe just planning for the future, give us a call right now. Let us talk you through it at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. Coming up on today's show, floors make up the largest horizontal surface in any home, and fall is the most popular time of the year for an update. But with so many new types to choose from, and they just keep rolling them out, folks, we've got hardwood, we've got engineered, we've got laminate, we've got vinyl, we've got engineered vinyl. I mean, how do you know what's right for you? We're going to have some easy steps to help you choose just ahead. Plus, the gardening season is winding down, but that doesn't mean you have to give up on all those fresh veggies. A greenhouse can keep them growing strong. We're going to review some DIY options to build your own from kits. And have you taken a good look at your driveways and garage floors or walkways and noticed some cracks? Well, now's the time to seal them up before winter's frost sets in and makes them worse. We'll have a guide on how to do just that. But first, the show is about helping you with your own home decor and improvement questions. So call in your home improvement question now, and you're going to get the answer. Plus, today, you'll also get a chance at winning tools to help you get the job done. We're featuring the Jorgensen Easy Hold Expandable Bar Clamp Package worth 80 bucks. So give us a call right now. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT. That's 888-666-3974. Bob in Illinois is on the line and working on a kitchen makeover. What can we do for you? Oh, we've got kitchen cabinets that's probably close to 30 years old, and we're wanting to remodel our kitchen, and I'm wanting to strip them down, and I was just wondering what was the best way, what to use to do it with. Well, the good news is that 30-year-old cabinets are usually very, very well built. You know, you can't really strip down a 10-year-old cabinet because <laughs> they pretty much fall apart. But if it's a 30-year-old plywood cabinet, you can definitely strip it. Now, what do you want to do after you strip it? Do you want to paint it, or do you want to go with a like a, a clear coating? I'd like to go with a clear coating on it, maybe put a, a tom finish on it or something. And what's on there now? Are they just stained, or are they painted? No, they're, they're just stained. Um, it's hard to change the color of a stained cabinet. I'm just telling you. Just be, be, be prepared for that. But what you might want to do is use a good quality stripper, like uh, Rock Miracle, for example, is a good one. Yeah, you know, another thing that's good to do is um, head over to your local, like, mom-and-pop paint shop because sometimes there are newer products that are out there. You know, I was just getting some wallpaper paste, but in that section there were some really nice paint strippers. Um, They apply a little differently. They go on more easily. They work more quickly. So I always just pop into the shop to sort of see what they've got in there that they've worked with. But Tom and I have both used Rock Miracle, and I like that because it goes on more like a paste, so you can really see where it is. You can see it start to work. You know, and I guess it depends on how much stain is on there, how dirty they are. I would start by giving them a good cleaning, then make sure they're dried very well, then put the stripper on them, follow the directions, and you're going to want to use a wire brush and a paint scraper, and that's going to get that finish off of there. Now, it's important to work on them on a flat surface, so take all the doors and drawer fronts off, label them as you take them down with, you know, 
a piece of tape on the backside of the cabinet door and one on the cabinet box itself so that you know exactly where things go. I'd leave the hinges on the box side so that you can have the doors flat. You know, these are things that are just tricks of the trade that will help you be more successful. And if your doors are full overlay, are they or are they not? Are they what now? Do When your cabinet door closes, do you see any of the cabinet box around it, like a frame, or d- does the door cover it? Yeah, it does. Well, it, it, it uh, flushes up against the frame of the cabinet. So that's, you know, a blessing and a curse, because then you can ignore the box, or you can also work on the box while it's in place to strip that down as well. And in that case, the Rock Miracle is really good, because it's really, like, thick, so it'll stay on in a vertical position as well. So, you, you know, those are some good things, and you may have to apply it more than once, depending on how well adhered your stain currently is. I mean, you really got to see. And then keep in mind... That depending on the species of wood, the type of color that you might get from the stain that you've selected to go on there might be a little different. So you might want to work on a backside or a smaller area just so you can see how it will react and what color you'll actually end up with. Thank you, then. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Now we've got Dina in New Jersey on the line who's dealing with something going on with the chimney. What's happening? You got grout crumbling. What's going on there? I have. Water apparently leaking in, and it's coming down around the fancy bricks of my fireplace because I see the cement crumbling, and I see changes of after a rain that I have. It's darker over on the uh, cement that's that's crumbling. I've had my chimney relined, and I just don't know what it is. They said maybe it's the flashing up on top. It needs to be repointed, and then it should be sealed. I just don't know where to start, and okay. I'm getting high big prices. All right, Dina, this is a masonry chimney? Brick. The brick chimney, yes. Okay, masonry chimney. Okay. Same difference. Okay, thank you. All right. Thank you for being All there right. for people like me. No, it's not masonry. It's brick. Well, that clears it up. <laughs> All right, look, when you have a, a masonry brick chimney at the top, there is a chimney cap, which is a concrete lip that goes between the, the, the flue liner and the outside of the brick edge. And typically, when you get leaks, that uh, concrete crack cap is cracked. And it's a very minor repair to seal those cracks or even to replace those cracks, that, that concrete section. It's just a little, maybe six-inch deep section of concrete that's sort of troweled between the clay flue liner and the outside edge of the, of the brick. So the first thing I would do is seal the gaps or cracks around that and see if that fixes it. Now, the leaks are coming into the chimney. They're not coming, like, around the chimney by the ceiling, right? So that means that sort of excludes flashing because flashing, the flashing seals the gap between the masonry chimney uh, and the roof, and if the flashing was failed, you know, then you would have probably leaks when you look up at your ceiling. The chimney itself it's leaking, so the most common culprit is simply that that concrete cap or that masonry cap around the top of it. Uh, the other thing that you could do is you could put a, a, a chimney cap on this. Um, because that has the effect of sort of putting a roof over your chimney without really blocking the chimney, and sometimes that will dissuade the volume of water from from getting in into it. Now, the, one of the things I have to caution you about is that the chimney contractors, the chimney sweeps that do these sorts of repairs are, are, are a disingenuous group. They're not the most honest contractors out there, and they almost always try to tell you a tale of woe 
of death and destruction that will befall upon you unless you open your checkbook open wide and write them a big number. Um, so just be careful to find somebody reputable that can dig into what's going on and just do do what's necessary, but but not uh, an excessive amount of work on it, okay? Uh-huh. They've also mentioned doing repointing on the chimney and then waterproofing it. If it turns out that the masonry is is uh, is cracked or, or deteriorated or falling out between the bricks, certainly repointing. But I think it's a lot simpler than that. I think most likely it's just some minor cracks in the chimney cap. Uh-huh. Because what they showed me was they said, see, there's moss growing here. So that means that there's water. In, you know, in between the bricks. There's always going to be water in a chimney. It's a masonry structure. It holds moisture. And if you got moss, you can put a mildicide on that. You can put a product like quincrobium on there that will kill that moss or another product called wet and forget that will kill that moss. Um, and and then beyond that, you need to get to the, the source of the leak, which I think is that chimney cap. So let's not overcomplicate it, okay? Let's see if that uh, thin concrete cap is cracked and get that fixed. Thank you so very much. And now I know that bricks are masonry. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. John in Delaware is dealing with a spider problem. I can't even talk about it for fear they will (laughs) jump into my house. What's going on? I moved to the beach uh, about 10 years ago. I'm I'm 12 miles from the water, but I don't know whether that's part of the problem or not. But we have spiders inside the house all the time. They're always in the corners of the rooms. It's rare to come into any room and not have one. And it seems like as quickly as you get rid of them a week later, you have more in the same areas, and it is very annoying. What do you do to get rid of them, John? The only thing I do is I try to kill them and knock down their little web. Good luck with that. That's not working out too well for you, I bet, huh? No, it's not. You're not going to win the war if that's that's your treatment (laughs) approach. The thing about uh, insects today is... The best way to control them is, is is through science. And if you look at a company like Orkin, you know, a company that's been around forever, these guys know exactly what insecticide to put down. They know how to put it down in, in the right amounts. And the products that they use today are very insect-specific. It used to be that there was sort of a broad-spectrum pesticide that was put down. Today, the Pesticides are very, very specific for the problem. And if, you know, if I was dealing with this in my house, I wouldn't be running around with my boot trying to kill them all. I would have the pesticide applied, the right amounts, right place, and be done with it. So I would recommend that you call Orkin and have that taken care of the right way. It's safer to do that than to buy over-the-counter pesticides, which you end up over-applying, which are far more dangerous in my view, and certainly a lot less frustrating than having to stomp them to death. Okay, so I I would use a pesticide to control these spiders, and uh, that's the best solution. Okay, and you would not advise trying to do it on your own. You'd advise getting a company that's paying regularly to have them come back? Yeah, you can't buy the products that a professional can buy. They're not available to the general public because they have to be applied just right. That's why it's a good idea to turn to a pro like Orkin. John, thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Give us a call anytime at 888-MONEYPIT, presented by HomeAdvisor, the fast and easy way to find the best home service pros in your area. You can read reviews and book appointments all online. Well, fall is the most popular time of year for adding new floors, but with so many types to choose from, how do you know what's right for you? 
We're going to have some easy steps to help you choose in today's pro project presented by HomeAdvisor.com after this. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT, presented by Home Advisor. Find top-rated home service pros and book appointments online, all for free. And if you call us right now at 1-888-MONEY-PIT, you might just win the Jorgensen Easy Hold Expandable Bar Clamp Package that we've got to give away. With these handy clamps, you'll be able to clamp with one hand. Plus, they always can be joined together to double the capacity for bigger projects. You're going to get two of the clamps for a total value of 80 bucks. That package is going out to one listener drawn at random. Make that you. Call us right now at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. Chris in Pennsylvania is having a problem with the dishwasher. What's going on? Bought a new house, and I'm a first-time homeowner, and my house was built in 1957. And um, so I was wondering uh, if I would have to hire uh, separate um, people to work on the carpentry, the electric, and the plumbing, Or is there somebody, like a regular contractor, that would put a dishwasher in? Do you have a space for a dishwasher right now, Chris? Or has one never been installed? One's never been installed. Okay, so you've got to figure out where you're going to put this, and it's going to take away from some cabinet space. Now, typically, the dishwasher is next to the kitchen sink, and if you happen to have, say, a 24-inch cabinet next to your kitchen sink, that would be the perfect place to do that. But this is going to take a bit of work. You're going to have to do carpentry, and I think you'll need a carpenter and probably a plumber to do this, and you may need an electrician, depending on whether or not the the plumber plumber could do the wiring for you or if there's wiring like right there you can pull from. Because what has to happen is you'd remove the cabinet to create that 24-inch space, then the dishwasher would slip in there, and it needs to be plumbed, so you need to have the supply line and the drain uh, go basically through the side cabinet wall where the, where the sink is and, and tap into the plumbing there. Then, of course, it needs to have electricity, so you'll need to have an outlet installed. So it is a bit of a project, I'll tell you that. Yeah, but if she were to hire somebody like a general contractor who may have those subs you know, in his arsenal, if you will, or at least access to those people, they would better supervise the entire project and sort of take all of that worry out of your hands. 
or just a really good handyman. The, the trouble is that theoretically, or at least technically speaking, you need a, a licensed plumber to do the plumbing work and you need a licensed electrician to do the electrical work. Okay. All right, Chris? All right. I appreciate your advice. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, flooring plays a pivotal role in your house, and upgrades can increase your home's value, aesthetics, and function. But the choices for types of flooring can truly be dizzying. So before you start tearing up carpet, we've got a few things to consider in today's pro project presented by HomeAdvisor.com. Now, first, you want to think about what flooring fits the way you live in a particular room. So, for example, if you or your kids are spending a lot of time sitting or playing on the floor, Carpet or area rugs could be the way to go, but if allergies are an issue, wood floors, tile, laminate, engineered vinyl, those types of surfaces might be better. Now, costs for each kind of material are going to vary widely, and depending on the quality and, of course, square footage. Now, the labor costs can dwarf the material expense, so the harder the floor is to install, the more the labor is going to cost. But before you make choices about where to cut those costs and where to splurge, it really comes down to the flooring itself. Keep in mind that floors get more wear and tear than any other part of the house. So you might save money up front buying lower-grade materials and doing the installation yourself, but it could cost you more in the long run. Now, you've got to think carefully about the use of the room, traffic patterns, kids, pets, and anything else that can do damage to your floor. Also, think about that room's location. If the floor is for a bathroom, kitchen, or basement, water-resistant has got to be important. But fortunately, there are so many new choices in laminates and engineered vinyls that really closely mimic the look of for-real wood floors that you can consider something that actually looks like the real deal. Now, one cost that homeowners often forget, but we don't want you to forget, is preparing the subfloor. If you don't happen to have a clean, flat, level surface, you may need a contractor to do the prep work before you can put down any flooring materials. And that's today's pro project presented by HomeAdvisor.com. With HomeAdvisor, you can get matched with top-rated home service pros in your area, compare prices, read verified reviews, and book appointments online, all for free. No matter the type of job, HomeAdvisor makes it fast and easy to hire the best local pros. Stuart in Louisiana is on the line and has a question about light bulbs. What can we do for you? I was curious about um, choosing uh, the correct kind of light bulb uh, over fluorescent versus LED and what wattage of uh, whichever one I choose. So compact fluorescent technology is pretty much fading now, pardon the pun. And I think what you really want to look at is some of the many choices in LEDs. In terms of wattage, you know, it's not really measured in wattage anymore. It's measured in lumens. But generally speaking, if you do see a wattage indicator on the bulb, it's going to be um, about 25% of what you're used to getting in terms of light output. So, for example, um, a bulb that would deliver the equivalent of around 100 watts of light that you might be used to with an incandescent bulb is only going to use about 20, 25 watts or less of electricity, only because it's that much more efficient. What a lot of folks don't recognize is that wattage is a measure of power. It's not a measure of light. Light's measured by lumens. Uh, but we're just so accustomed over the years to choosing um, the wattage when it comes to bulb and, and understanding how much light that delivers. But if you're trying to figure out about like what the conversion rate is, it's about 25 percent. It uses about uh, 25% of the power to deliver uh, the same light that you would have gotten out of, uh, out of say, the 100-watt incandescent bulb, in my example. Does that make sense? It does indeed. So what lumen range would I be like, basically looking for if I wanted to 
have the same amount of wattage, uh, I'm sorry, same, same amount of light as a rounder light, light bulb. Good question. A 100-watt incandescent bulb is going to deliver about 1,600 lumens. So not that easy to do the math. It's not really convenient, but that's that's what it is. 100-watt bulb delivers about 1,600 lumens. 75-watt bulb would deliver around, say, 1,000 to 1,100 lumens. So that's the range that you're looking for. Fantastic. Thank you very much for your assistance. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Give us a call with your home repair, home improvement question, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, right here at 888-MONEYPIT. Hey, how about building a greenhouse so you can have fresh veggies all year long? We're going to help you out with some DIY tips to get that project done after this. 888-MONEYPIT. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. It is presented by HomeAdvisor.com. Whether it's minor repairs or major remodels, leave it to HomeAdvisor to do the work. Check out HomeAdvisor.com. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now with your fall home improvement questions at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. It's my favorite time of the year because it's not too hot, not too cold. You can get pretty much any job done around your house inside or out. And we're here to help. Whatever is on your to-do list, slide it over to ours by calling us at 888-666-3974. Bob in South Dakota is dealing with a drywall issue. What's going on at your house? Uh, We have a 1990s home, and um, we had sheetrock nails that were put in that began popping, uh, mainly toward the ceiling area, 
and corners, inside corners especially. And we had a contractor uh, do redo some. We redid some ourselves. Uh, one of the things they did and we did is we just drove the nails in and covered them and put a screw maybe two to three inches from it, but the nails reappeared after we did it. What's the answer? Well, it, it would it would if if he just drove it back in and didn't put a second nail that overlaps it. Well, and then it's in the same hole, so it's given the same movement area. Now, what Tom mentioned with the second nail is, you're right, putting a screw in, a screw is a great way to do that, but if you're putting the screw in, I would have taken out the nail instead of giving it the space to come back out. But what you can do if you see the nail to start backing its way out. You can take a second nail and overlap it so that, you know, the two heads would overlap. So when you drive in the second nail, it pushes that first nail back down with it and will keep it in its place because the new nail is in fresh wood, so it'll stay there. And then you go ahead and, you know, cover over it and sand it and spackle it, everything, make it nice and smooth to prime and paint. But a screw really is the best way because those won't back themselves out. What do you think, in your professional opinion, I've listened to your show a lot, and uh, just as a plug for you guys, thanks a lot for all the helpful hints, but what do you think has caused those screws to pop like that, or nails, I should say? Normal expansion and contraction. You know, the, the, the nails that are used to attach drywall have a glue coating on them. They're like a rosin coating. And when you drive the nail in, it's supposed to kind of stick on the wall, but it doesn't. And as as uh, the walls expand and contract, they very often will back out. It's really typical. It would be unusual, for it, frankly, to not happen. But the key is that when it does happen, if you just drive it back in, it's going to happen all over again. But if you were to overlap the uh, the old nail head with the new nail head so that you're now creating sort of a second nail and a second nail hole that's holding it in place, that's effective. Or you pull out the drywall uh, nail altogether and replace it with a drywall screw and it will never pull out. The fact that you put the screw two or three inches from uh, from the old one uh, you know, will help keep that board tight, but it's not going to stop the drywall nail from expanding and tracking and pushing itself back out, as you've learned. You just you really need to sort of reinforce it by overlapping the heads with a new nail. That sounds good. And I think um, from what I've seen, if we pull the old nail and put a screw in a ways away, I think that's the best solution because then we don't have any possibility of of anything happening there again and um, doing away with the situation completely. Trial and error is the best, right? Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. Uh, Thank you for the great show. All right. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Well, now that it's the fall season, are you thinking how are you going to have those fresh veggies at my fingertips all year long? Well, you can if you live in a four-season climate, but maybe you don't have that option. You can, though, if you build or buy a greenhouse. So if you think building a greenhouse is a big deal, it really doesn't have to be. You've got limited space. A mini greenhouse is a great option. There are small and portable options that can fit into a narrow area. There's low tunnel-style greenhouses. That's another one. And because of their size, they can be used and then easily removed and stored. Now, prefab is another way to go from there. These greenhouses are often sold as kits. They've got doors, they've got shelves, and they can take up only 30 or 40 square feet of space. But if you're lucky enough to have a larger piece of land, you can add a traditional greenhouse. It's always fun. This type of structure has walls and a roof that are made from usually a see-through material, usually glass, but sometimes plastic or acrylic. And the glass can trap heat in the structure while protecting the inside from the elements like cold and snow and wind. Mm -hmm. Now, greenhouses are typically fitted with tables or shelves on which you can grow the plants. Typically, these types of greenhouses are manually heated, which is really great if you do live in a cooler climate. 
Now, we've got a very detailed post on all the options with greenhouses on moneypit.com, so check it out. It's called Grow Fresh Veggies All Year Long and is on the homepage right now at moneypit.com. Trudy in Delaware needs some help jazzing up her brick home. What can we do for you? And I have a single-family house, and the base of it is not finished from the dirt, you know, up to where the siding starts. And I wanted to know what I could use on that so it would have a more finished look. So is it a brick uh, foundation, Trudy? No, no. It's a brick front, and then the sides, the sides in the back is um, siding. But from the dirt, you know, from the ground up to where the siding starts is about maybe two feet. It's just like... Right, so there's a couple things you can do. You can do something really simple like paint it. You would use a masonry paint for that, an exterior masonry paint. Um, the other thing that you could do is you could stucco that. Now, that's a little bit more work, but there are pre, pre-mixed um, stucco mixes that you can buy at a home center. And with a few tools, you, you could apply a stucco to that, maybe put a bit of a pattern on it. And you need to do that, though, by following all the right steps for prep, because if you don't get it right, it'll freeze and, and break off. But those would be the two easiest ways to clean that up. Okay. So, yeah, I didn't want something to start chipping off or the paint to start flaking. Right. Well, that's why you, you got to use the right products. You know, with the paint, you got to prime it, and you got to use an exterior quality masonry paint. And, you know, kind of the same thing with the stucco. you got to use the right tools and the right application methods to make sure it's nice and clean and dry when you start, and it'll hold up nicely. All right, Trudy? Okay, thank you so much. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Remember, you can reach us anytime, 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Just ahead, have you taken a good look at your driveway, the garage floor, walkways? Maybe you're seeing some cracks? Well, now is the time to seal those up before the winter's frost really sets in and only makes them worse. We're going to have a guide to do just that next. Live in a money pit. It is presented by HomeAdvisor.com. Whether it's minor repairs or major remodels, leave it to HomeAdvisor to do the work. Check out HomeAdvisor.com. Where home solutions live, welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT, presented by HomeAdvisor. You can find out what it costs to do your home project before you hire a pro and instantly book one of HomeAdvisor's top-rated pros for free. And if you do give us a call at one eight 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 Money Pit, you'll get the answer to your home improvement question and a chance at winning a really fun tool package we're giving away. We've got the Jorgensen Easy Hold Expandable Bar Clamps to give away. And I love these clamps because they're very easy to use. In fact, you can clamp with one hand, which is handy, especially if you're holding the project together with the other while you, while you get the clamp in place. Plus, if you've got a really big project, well, they can be joined together, and that can double the capacity for those big projects. You're going to get two of the Easy Hold Medium Duty Expandable Bar Clamps for a total value of 80 bucks. If you pick up the phone and call us right now, we might just draw your name out of that group of folks and give those clamps to you. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. Ryan and George is in hot water, literally. What's going on in your money bit, Ryan? Something uh kinda kinda baffled me for a little bit. I got an idea of what it might be, but I'm not hundred percent sure. Uh I've got a problem that I have, which is very it's always very hot in Georgia about eighty percent of the time. And uh every time when we turn during the day we turn on the cold water, it's scolding, scolding hot for about two to four minutes. And uh it depends you know, I get the length on, I guess, what time of day it is. But 
the uh, I could even turn on the hot water, and the hot water will be a lot colder than the cold than the cold water. And uh, eventually, it will get colder. But uh, I checked every other water source in my house. I checked the, the shower, and the showers are fine; it's not affected whatsoever. The um, only thing, the series that I think it, it might be, which you guys probably know more about this than I do, is the reason why it's not doing it in the showers because that has the I don't know if you want to call it a thermostat or a temperature gauge that controls the the cold water and the hot water to, to make sure it's not too hot. But uh, and I think since we're in Georgia, a lot of the pipes are are in the attic, and attics when it's you know well it's, when it's ninety to one hundred degree, degrees out. It gets pretty hot in our attics. Well, I think you're I think you're right on track with that theory, Ryan. Because um, I mean, I've seen that in my own home in, in New Jersey. I know, it, and it's not in every uh, fixture, of course, because it really depends on how the pipes are run. But I know that uh, the way my kitchen is built, it was sort of an it's an addition that was done in the early 1900s, and the plumbing on that is sort of the you know on the on the furthermost southern wall. It gets very, very warm there during the day. And sometimes when we don't use it all day and then I turn it on, I do get hot water through the cold faucet. And I know that's just because the pipes in that area are being exposed to a lot of heat and the pipes are just warming up and it's warming the water in turn. But after that warm water that's in those pipes that are right in that surrounding area uh, runs through the system, it gets cold again. So I think that's exactly what you're seeing here. I don't necessarily think... It's a problem. It's more of an annoyance. And yes, it does waste a little bit of water. But this does this happen in the winter or is this just a summer issue? Not a, not 100% if it happens in the, the winter, but uh, it's it might. But I know even our, our attic sometimes in the winter does get stay pretty decently warm too. But yeah. the, uh, I know it's definitely in the spring, fall, and, and summer. I mean, the only thing that you could do is you could insulate those pipes. If you can get access to them, you could put uh, fiberglass insulating sleeves around your cold water pipes, and, and that would prevent them from overheating as they are right now. That'll even make a difference, even though they're all the piping is all all in the, the attic. The attic's pretty hot. Well, right, wherever they're heating up, and and you know that water gets to your faucet from the attic really quick. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So just a fiberglass sleeve, where I've seen a little like uh, looks like foam, black foam sleeves. Would that work too? Yeah, you could do that too. I think the fiberglass sleeves are a little bit more expensive, but they'll work better. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely do that. Then. All right, well, good luck with that project, Ryan. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Glad we were able to solve that mystery. Well, winter will be upon us in just two or three more months. And when that cold sets in, small cracks that you may have in your driveway, the garage floor, or walkways can get filled with water that's going to freeze and expand, and it's going to make them a lot bigger. That's why now is the best time to seal those up before winter's frost sets in and makes them worse. Well, QuickCrete has a line of commercial grade sealants and adhesives that can suit any concrete or masonry repair that you need. And they shared some tips on how to handle two types of cracks in particular. Yeah. So first let's talk about small cracks. And I define those as less than a quarter inch wide. These are most likely the result of shrinkage as the concrete cures. And they're really easy to repair using QuickCrete's advanced polymer concrete crack sealant. This product is super flexible. So once it's applied, it can expand and contract with the crack and therefore prevent water from steeping and therefore protect the water from seeping in and making the crack worse. 
Now, for bigger cracks or gaps and expansion joints that can get filled with a lot of crud, Quickrete makes an advanced polymer self-leveling sealant that's super effective in filling those gaps and stopping water from running under the concrete slab, which can lead to bigger problems with settlement and cracks. Now, for that product, it's best to clean out the gaps of dirt or debris, fill in the gaps with backer rod first, and then apply the sealant over the rod. And now's a really important time to do this because if that water gets in there, it's going to freeze and it's going to expand. It's going to make the concrete a lot worse over this winter. So do it once, do it right. You won't have to do it again. The Quickrete Advanced Polymer Sealants and Adhesives are solvent and isocyanurate free, so you'll get an environmentally friendly and very superior solution to traditional polyurethane technology. They've got a fast cure technology as well. It comes tack-free in about an hour. They're available at home centers and lumber yards throughout the U.S. for between 6 and 8 bucks a tube. Quickrete is what America's made of. Learn more at quickrete.com. Remember, you can reach us anytime with your home repair or home improvement question 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Just ahead, in many states, bathrooms and homes that have windows aren't required to have exhaust fans, which is a real hassle for homeowners. We'll talk through the fix after this. You live in a money pit. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT, presented by HomeAdvisor.com. Never worry about overpaying for a job. Use the HomeAdvisor True Cost Guide to see what others have paid for similar projects, all for free at HomeAdvisor.com. And don't forget, you can always post your question on Money Pit's Facebook page or write in the Money Pit community section, just like Ronnie did in California. Now, Ronnie writes, My house was built in 1960, and there are no exhaust fans in the bathroom. I'd like to put up crown molding in the bathrooms, but is it going to swell from the moisture? Is there a certain type that I should be using? You know, it is true that if you have a window in your bathroom, that building codes uh, will not require you to have an exhaust fan. So it's kind of dumb because who's going to open up the windows in like January? Well, maybe in California you would, in Southern California, but certainly not in the East Coast or anywhere in between. But look, if you're worried about moisture, you should be putting up composite molding. It's made of PVC and it can't rot, but there are bigger moisture headaches that you'll need to deal with like mold and mildew. So I would definitely explore ways to get a bath exhaust fan in that space, even if you have to run it up through the attic and out in terms of the exhaust ducting, because not having that humidity venting out can uh, lead to a lot of mold and mildew problems that you just really do want to avoid. All right. Next up, Patricia in Buffalo writes, my heating bills have been really high and I'm thinking about beefing up insulation before the winter sets in. I'm interested to know the difference between fiberglass and newer spray foam insulation. That's a great question. Um, fiberglass, of course, is the traditional insulation. The main difference is that when you put that in your, at- in your attic, you have to vent it because your attics are going to be moist and damp, and the fiberglass has to be dry to work properly. Uh, in my house, I actually had fiberglass. I left it in place, but then I added spray foam to the underside of the roof sheathing and completely sealed in the attic. And I've never been more comfortable and my bills have never been lower because that insulation does not need to be vented. So once you do it, you can basically seal up all of the vents because the attic becomes essentially an extension of your living space. Well, enjoy keeping those heating bills down and a much warmer house this winter. Well, are you new to the fantastic world of home ownership? 
Well, then very shortly, you're probably going to be new to the fantastic world of home improvement as well. We're going to have some tips to help you get started on your very first projects. Leslie has some tips in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Leslie, always a project that needs to be done. Seriously, but first, congratulations. You're the proud owner of your very first home. Now what? Well, like a baby, a home's got to be cared for and loved. And also like a baby, nobody gives you instructions on how to take care of it, whether it's a house or that infant. So here's really what it comes down to. As a first-time homeowner, it's your job to maintain your home year-round. So the first thing to do is invest in the tools that you need to do that. Now, a basic toolbox should include a hammer, some screwdrivers, a pry bar, a level, and an adjustable wrench. You can add some power tools later or right away, but you should include a drill and a cirque saw, those tend to really cover all the bases. Now, understanding the basics of your home's mechanical systems is a must. So make sure you know where your water main line is, how to shut it off if there's an emergency, and get acquainted with that fuse or breaker box. And remember that home ownership puts you in charge of covering all of those utilities. So if the initial months in your new abode have given you sticker shock over power and water costs, take some steps to manage your energy dollars. Finally, even if you're in a brand new home that's under warranty, it's wise to have a contingency fund to cushion those curveballs that life could throw at every homeowner. If you want some more great tips, just Google Money Pit First Time Homeowner Tips. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. Coming up next time on the program, the most active part of hurricane season is upon us, and no one is more vulnerable than our senior citizens, especially if they live alone. We're going to have tips to help you keep those important folks in your life safe from weather emergencies on the very next edition of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone.